friend You don't ever let them stress you You are now listening to Ford with CC A spot where you come to talk and be free Put your headphones on and turn up the V You can cheer for the winner, she turned up the heat CC, how they win, we all watch the clock And the three-point shot, they took jaws a drop And the crowd go nuts, cranked up, but not yet Since 2020, she been had it locked You are listening to See, she got the best news Wake up, don't you press news Don't ever let them stress you So let's talk sports and entertainment with C. Your girl is back with another episode. And on this episode, I got to chop it up with Coach Gibbs, who's the athletic trainer and just loves to talk basketball. You know, I always talk about those people that, you know, are genuinely, you know, supporting me. And Coach Gibbs is one of those people, you know. Like I said, last episode, I wrote a post about, you know, who wants to come and talk sports with your girl, Coach Gibbs. You know, was one of those people that hopped on the post and said, yo, I want to, you know, come and chop it up with you. And she did. And when I tell you, I believe that this was probably one of the longest conversations that I had about basketball, even after the interview ended or the conversation, the journey ended, we still probably sat and talked about basketball for another good hour. It was just dope because basketball is truly the happy place, I think, for the both of us. And we had to, like, tell ourselves, like, all right, we got to end the conversation. And then I was like, wait, wait, wait. She was like, wait, 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 wait. And we both just literally kept talking about basketball. And we're going to plan on, you know, having her on the live show. We're definitely going to do a part two because basketball is life. You know, the love of the game is everything. And there's no... There's no need for no big introduction for D, for Colts, the athletic trainer, because you know why? Once you hear the journey of who she is, what she's been through, she said she was blessed to play the game, you'll understand why. Introducing Coach D Gibbs. Good afternoon, Dee. Thank you for coming on Let's Talk Sports and Entertainment with C. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Well, it's actually morning here in Texas, you know, still on this Central Standard Time. But <laughs> doing well, good, you doing know, good. well, good morning to you. I hope, you know, you got some coffee in and you're doing good this morning. Can't do the coffee. Can't do the Red Bull. Can't do the caffeine. But hey, Ooh, we do God. stuff. We talking sports. Oh, so yeah, I'm you up. Too. Let's go. Let's go. Right. <laughs> well, tell us who you are and where you're from. Okay. Uh, I'm Desiree Gibbs. That's the real name. Everybody calls me Coach D, so I just shorten it up with D for D Gibbs. I'm originally from uh, Tallahassee, Florida, Oak Cliff, suburb everywhere. Um, and I am the head coach and athletic trainer for Pickup USA Fitness here uh, in Houston, Texas, and in Willowbrook. So, yeah. Okay. So before we get into all of that, where's this love for this basketball come from? Oh, man. Um, I think the earliest memories that I just have, period, are being probably four years old and watching Cynthia Cooper and Michael Jordan with my grandparents. They, my grandparents are huge basketball fans. Um, and I can remember at an early age, um, my grandfather bought me one of those little little tights playground basketball mm-hmm. sets that you could let up and down. And <laughs> I, we would sit and watch the game and 
soon as the game was off, I would just be captivated. I would go and grab my little ball, and I would go and start imitating Michael Jordan and, and Cynthia Cooper and Ruby Bolton and all these other people. And my grandparents, they thought it was hilarious. They would just laugh. And my uncle, he kind of realized, like, nah, for her to look at this stuff and actually be able to do it at, like, four, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So he kind of, you know, began to take notice of, okay, this ain't just her being funny and her being silly. I think she might actually be into it. So my uncle realized the knack, saw it, and from then just kind of started training with me, working with me. And I just, I gravitated to it. Like, I just love every inch of it. Like, all the hard work, the grittiness, the grindingness that go into it. Like, the shooting 300 shots a day, the ball handling, the dribbling. Like, that was never a thing for me. Like, I was a total gym rat, a total gym junkie. Like, and my love just grew from there. It just grew over the years. So that's how it all started. Grandparents are the best. And if they can get you oh, to man. love basketball, that's even <laughs> even better. So did you ever play? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I had the opportunity to play. Like, I was blessed enough to play. Basically, I played basketball all throughout my life. So okay. I guess the earliest memories, Um, my grandparents and uncle got me into YMCA. From there, um, I got into AAU just for coaches being around, kind of seeing, like, hey, this kid pretty good. You want to play? You know, so <laughs> I got into AAU from there. Um, I was blessed to go middle school. Uh, then from middle school, I began playing varsity basketball in, like, seventh grade, uh, okay. just from being an advanced level. So from high school, played collegiately at Auburn for a little bit before transferring and going JUCO. And then after that, uh, I had the opportunity to play, to play pro a little bit before just ACL injuries and everything just kind of killed the career. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've been blessed. I've been blessed to play this sport I love at a high level for for quite a while. Oh, so what would you say is the biggest difference from AAU when you were playing until now when all the hype oh, and the girl. cameras and just... <laughs> I don't think you really need talent. I just think you have, like, a nice clip and then Boom. Boom. The biggest thing now would be from an exposure standpoint. Um, I think when we played, we played simply for the love of the game. Mm-hmm. We weren't worried about, oh, it's going to get me crazy exposure. It's going to take me here. It's going to guarantee I get to UConn. No, we were simply playing it because we were kids who love playing basketball. And you telling me, oh, after I leave high school, I can go to this gym. Or after I leave middle school, I can go to this gym and play again all day. And then during the weekends, go play all these crazy tournaments. So for us, it was just about, you know, honing the fundamentals, growing the bond, learning more about the game, having fun. Now these kids, they have the expectation of mama, daddy, I got to play AAU. Mm-hmm. If I want to be in front of X, Y, and Z, and I want to be on YouTube, and I want to get a show like Mikey Williams and all these other kids, I got to be in AAU. And not only do I need to be in AAU, I need to be in AAU with someone that's connected. Mm-hmm. You know, so now... Bat, this a whole AAU basketball, it's a business. It's no longer fundamentals. It's no longer clubs and these kids growing and learning. It is a complete business. And it starts from day one. And you could tell by the way these people take it serious. So it's just the way it has evolved and changed, which I think is good for the sport. More exposure is always good for the sport. But at the same time, I worry that it hinders the kids in their progress. Because mm. so many coaches now, they're not teaching fundamentals. You go watch these AAU tournaments like me as a coach all the time. You could automatically know from looking at the team, okay, this is the kid right here who's going to go. The coach wants him to shoot all the shots, want him to get the ball. It's a whole bunch of 
acrobatic displays and things going on. But when it comes to fundamentals like ball movement, IQ, moving without the basketball, you're not seeing none of that. And so I think that's been the biggest change uh, in, in AAU since, you know, I started playing up until now. And when you say fundamentals and learning fun- fundamentals, how important is that to the longevity of your career in basketball? Oh, man. Fundamentals is extremely, extremely important. I tell people you can have all the athleticism in the world, but if you don't have a true understanding of what the game is, your ceiling is limited. Um, <laughs> I, one, one of my greatest, greatest basketball memories this year is going to come from watching completely unathletic Nikola Jokic just dominate the NBA finals, the playoffs. Um, I tell my, my, my players and other coaches all the time, he's a prime example. Jokic is a prime example of what fundamentals can do. He's not flashy. He doesn't do a lot. He's not the acrobatic duck. It's just straight fundamentals. It's a simple, I'm going to turn this way. I'm going to turn back this way with perfect footwork. I'm going to fake you and I'm going to get my shot off. It's a simple, okay, guess what? You're at this angle, so cool. I'm just angle here and shoot this way. And like, why can't they stop it? Because fundamentals never get old. A player with great fundamentals, career can go across seas. It can go NBA, WNBA, wherever. The fundamentals never get old. You can't rely on athleticism because at any time, your athleticism can be. But if you have LeBron, I'll tell you that not everyone's LeBron, MJ, or got the crazy athleticism of a female like Asia Wilson and and Rebecca Brussick or Maya Moore. Like Maya Maya Moore's athleticism was insane. The way she viewed the court was absolutely amazing. It was just amazing watching Maya Moore and Simone Augustus and some of these athletic females play. It was literally poetry in motion. But what people didn't understand was their fundamentals were right there along with that athleticism. So Simone was able to play for a while. Mm. Maya could play to God knows however long she wanted to play. It's the same thing with Candace Parker. Candace Parker could play to however long she wants to play, even though her athleticism and that step is slowly raining because she's getting older, her fundamentals are still there. So yeah, fundamentals is the key to, to longevity in your career. Like, man, that and taking care of your body. So, And when you say take care of your body, what does that consist of? Oh, man, it's little things. Um, Like, I understand, you know, younger kids, it's hard to turn away to McDonald's. I understand it's hard to turn away Raising Cane's. Oh, man, I'm talking about me, caffeine. I'm telling you, (laughs) I understand I'm an adult. I struggle with it myself. But those little things that coaches instilled in us early on growing up, like, hey, instead of grabbing a soda, grab a water, grab a natural juice, things like beet juice. That helps you know rehydrate, you know, staying up on your electrolytes, making sure that's good. Staying away so much from like you just said, the caffeine, the red bulls, the the things like that, those energy shots, you know, making sure you're hydrated consistently. Salt to eliminate cramps, making sure you have salt in your diet, make sure you have protein in your diet, that type of things. I think players don't understand how the things you do when you're younger affects your body as you get older. Um I think I heard Chris Paul say uh, in an interview a while back, if he could go back and tell his younger self anything, he would tell his younger self, yo, as soon as you come into the league, get a nutritionist. Get a nutritionist, someone who's going to show you how to play your bills, how to build prep, how to eat right. You know, so it's, it's extremely important. The longevity uh, that it can give your career, just 
from simple things like hydrating correctly and eating correctly. I mean, look at LeBron. People think it's, think it's crazy. LeBron puts like a million dollars into his body. Hey, he going every into year, year. twenty one every year. He's going to the to year twenty one next season, and doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. So I'm like, that right there is is living proof of longevity you can have if you take care of your body. If you take care of your body, it will take care of you. That's for sure. Um, I wanted to ask you a question because you spoke about, you know, going playing collegiate. You went from Auburn and then you went the Juco route. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of kids these days are Division One, Division One, <laughs> Division One. Yes. And yes. can you just speak to that? It doesn't matter the path. It's the oh, work man. that you put in to Most get definitely. to your goals that you're trying to achieve. Most definitely. Um, whew, you, you, you struck a nail there. Um, I remember being in high school and I could speak to, I, I began getting recruited early on. I think my first letter came when I was in like ninth grade. Um, and so to me, I'm stoked. I'm like, man, this is all I dreamed about. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the at the point in time I'm in high school, Tennessee and UConn were powerhouses. Like nobody else's, nobody else would be like if you you were nobody if you didn't go to Tennessee. And the way my brain was set up, if I wasn't the next Shannon Bobby, I was gonna be in distraught because I just had all types of dreams in my head of wearing that orange and blue for Tennessee and, and playing on the past summer. I like man, you wanted to be a lady vault. Man, I wanted to be a lady ball. Like, man, I'm telling you, the dreams, the the, the childhood dreams were crazy. But um, it, it fueled the work. And I remember a coach coming in, talking to me, a JUCO coach. Um, I'll ne- I would never freaking forget it. It was Coach Rosalind Jennings. She, like, ended up being one of my biggest mentors. She came to me. She said, you're talented. You're extremely talented. She's like, but I'm going to tell you what happened. She's like, you're going to go to this school, and they're going to run you ragged. And she's like, they're going to run you underneath the ground. She was like, either that or you're just going to be totally overwhelmed. She was like, if not from practice and workouts, you're going to be overwhelmed from college life. She was like, wow. and you're going you're gonna to lose your desire and your love for the game. And she said, I see that happen all the time. She was like, don't don't fall into the flashes of Division One. She was like, I'm going to tell you what someone told me. If you're good, they'll find you. And she she kept recruiting me, she kept recruiting me, she kept coming, she kept coming, not only to me, but a couple of my other teammates that were being recruited at Holly as well. And at the time, I'm thinking, oh, I'm not going there. Like, freaking Morgan just wrote me. You know, I'm not going there. You know, like, like I never heard <laughs> you know, like, I ain't never heard this. I don't even know Alabama. I don't even know where that is. You know, so I'm like, <laughs> so. That ain't the powerhouse. Like, exactly. I'm like, that's not Tennessee. That's not Utah. <laughs> That ain't even texting them. I'm not going there. So, you know, I, I'm just like, I'm going to on not going, just stuck on not going. So I went, did it, and man, like everything she said, it was almost like a prophecy. It's like clockwork. And I remember going into my junior year feeling so exhausted, so overwhelmed. Um, I tell these young kids all the time, like I told my fiance, I never got the chance to really experience college. Because I was so stuck on just basketball, basketball, basketball. If it wasn't an appearance, if it wasn't, you know, practice, it was individuals. If it wasn't individuals, I was still doing extra work on top of that because I had goals I wanted to achieve and goals I wanted to reach. If it wasn't that, it was film sessions. You never had the time to do all the extra 
whatever that these other kids get caught up into because it was basketball all the time, basketball all the mm. time. And I remember being in a point where I had never really been in my entire life. And that was my love for the game of basketball began to disappear. It began to decline. And I was like, whoa, I don't know what's happening here. I'm like, normally I can motivate myself. Nobody has to motivate me. It was getting to the point of where it was hard to get out of bed, hard to do. And so oh, no. I went home to my uh, grandparents just wanted to get saying. away for a while. Yeah, so, you know, I went back to my roots to be like, why did I fall in love with this game to begin with? Um, it just so happens, one of my high school teammates, she was smart. She had listed, and she went the JUCO route. So she found out I was in town, and she calls my phone. She said, what you doing? And then I said, chilling, like mm -hmm. watching TV. And she like, come put some work in. I'm like, put some work in? I'm on vacation. You know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so mm -hmm. she's like, no, no, no. She's like, come up to the gym. Come put some work in. I'm like, what gym? And she like, Coach Jenny's gym up here in Southern. I'm like, I don't even know what it's at. So she's laughing. She's back, she's back like, there. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> and so my grandfather, he, he's not a man of many words, but he, he observes, he watches a lot. So my grandfather overhears my conversation. He said, I know where it is. Come on, grab your shoes. Let's go. Grab your bag. Grandpa knew where it's at. Uh-oh. Where's so, the wise man? <laughs> <laughs> so he said, come on, let's go. So we'll get in the truck. We go up there. And, you know, they're running the game. And, you know, unbeknownst to me, she had some other recruits in here. I didn't know they recruits at the time. I'm just thinking, hey, it's an open gym. People are running. So I come in. And she said, hey, I know that face. So I said, Coach, how you doing? You know, introduce yourself again. And she's like, you going to run? I said, yeah, why not? So she said, okay, let's go. So, you know, I'm thinking she's going to be over on the sideline, you know, just kind of watching and observing. She gets in. She runs the game with us. So I'm like. Okay, you know, she's older, so at this point, I'm also impressed. But then she starts kicking our butt. Ooh. So at this point in time, and I'm just like, okay, wait a minute, something's off here. So she starts laughing. She's talking smack the whole night. And I'm like, yo, no, put me with my high school teammate. Because, hey, they don't understand what we're trying to do here. You know, they, they fundamentals are not. Put me with my high school teammate. We know what's going on. So she teams us up together. We running and gunning because that's how we played in house school. Fast paced, running, gunning, mm -hmm. getting up and down the court. So we doing that. We get to going. Next thing I know, talking smack back to the other girls. They talking, scoring like, oh yeah, what's up? What a D. Can't stop me. Let's go. So at this point in time, I, you know, the juices are flowing. I'm like, I'm back in my element. So by the time we finish, you know, we everybody's high five. I love after all the smack talking and all that is done. Everybody like, yo, good run. Like, yeah, like. Where y'all from again? Like, y'all should come up here more often. I'm like, man, I'm going back to all, you know, all this talking. So she comes into the office and she just she asked me a genuine question. She's like, how's it going? And I said, you want the truth? She's like, I want the truth. That's how I asked. And so I just broke down. I said, I said, I'm lost. Like, I'm lost. I lost my love for the game. I don't know what's going on. And um, she said, I understand. I understand. So she said, if you ever need, she was like, guidance. She said, if you ever need a reset, a refresh, she was like, or a redirect. She was like, I'm telling you, come here. She was like, you don't have to go back. You come here. She was like, I can make the call. She said, you can make the call. It doesn't matter. She was like, but right now, she's like, you're at a pivotal point in your career. She was like, it's not just about basketball, it's about your life. And so she was like, if you're not happy, 
keys that I really think you should reconsider. So, that's it. Okay. All right. Sad. She continued to talk to me about some more things. And after that, you know, I got up. Uh, um, as I'm leaving, my high school teammate, Nakaya, she comes up to me and she says, I know, she said, it's not what you thought. She was like, but when I tell you, she's like, I have learned so much from being underneath for me. She was like, and she was like, man, she said, I'm better than I ever thought I could be. She was wow. like, more than anything, she was like, I love the game more than I thought I could love wow. it. So um, she was like, for real, man. She was like, we ain't got no point guard. They can't run with me like you can. She's like, come up here. So like, I'm laughing. I said, you know what? I'm going to think about it. I'm going to really think about it. I'm going to go home, talk to my grandparents, um, talk to my mom. And they're, they just said, just pray about it. Pray and ask as God's guidance. Um, I prayed, and literally up until the day that I was like, okay, if I'm going to go back up here, you know, talk to coach and see if things can change. Literally, that morning I woke up, I just, something just felt different, like something that shifted. And I knew at that moment, it was my sign. That, okay, yeah, I, it's, time I, to go. I, it's time to go. I shouldn't go back. Um, and sure enough, like practicing, working out, and Next thing I know, I'm like, hey, I'm Juco. So <laughs> I went the Juco route and it it like it changed my life. It changed my life. It changed my perspective. Um I would tell to a younger kid or anyone who's listening to this, don't listen to a coach just coming to you saying, Hey, you're not gonna go pro going Juco. Man, you can go wherever it is you want to go, going Juco. Some of the greatest athletes that I competed against, played against at every level came from JUCOs. And then they went the division one route, or then they went. I'm like, nah, man, don't don't listen to that. <laughs> I'm like, if you go JUCO, hey, if you're good, they're gonna find you. So yeah, take the take the time and make the choice for opportunity that's you know presents itself. Make the make the best one that's available to you because at the end of the day, it's about your longevity and your career as a player. And um, I don't care what people say. You don't play for schools. You play for a coach. So whatever coach, I don't care if it's JUCO, D2, D3, if you connect with that coach and you believe in that coach, that's where you go. And like speaking of coaching, because so many times I hear kids in general um, mm-hmm. speak about or lose the love of the game because of mm-hmm. their coach and mm-hmm. how important it is to have a coach invested you not only on the court, but off the court as well? Oh, it's extremely important because mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that comes with playing that people don't talk about is not just skill, it's confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and that confidence comes from the work you put in. And I see so many young kids that come in contact with it. They put in the work, but they don't They don't have the confidence. The confidence is not matching it. And, you know, it gets to know them more and it just comes down to coaching. So when we're working and when we're training, you know, high level and my intensity's up and I'm coming off screens with them and I'm trying to block shots and I'm working with them. They just like, dang, I wish I had this all the time mm-hmm. with my high school coach or with it's extremely important. My like I tell people, my career lasted as long as it did and it went as far as it did because of my coaches. At the time, young when my mom moved us from Florida to Alabama, I was I was so upset. I was just distraught. I was so mad. 
You know, why you up there leaving me just because you want to leave? I'm comfortable. Just because you want to accept this job that's paying you over $100,000. You could have left me here at, with somebody else so I, I didn't have to leave my friends. Yeah. friends. <laughs> yeah. I don't like people. I don't want to make new friends. So I did not want to. I was so upset. Looking back on it, that was the best decision my mom could have made I got introduced to and I, I tell people all the time they're like oh where did you get your coaching experience I, I joke with them all the time I said man I went to the Ron Jackson Developmental Basketball Academy mm-hmm. and <laughs> they laugh and they're just like oh and it's crazy because it's not even a real thing it's a real thing if you play for him but mm-hmm. if you didn't play for him it's not a real thing so people just kind of like Ron Jackson who's that so I start laughing and I'm like no but in all seriousness shout out to coach Ronald Jackson he is um, the uh, most winningest basketball coach uh, for the state of Alabama uh, for girls basketball. Um, so I went, I went there seventh and eighth grade, and I met him. And the first thing that just shocked me is this man is huge. He's six eight, six nine. He was the largest human being I'd ever seen in my life. This man is huge. <laughs> so that's the first thing that comes to mind i'm like intimidated and scared because i'm a kid and i'm like wow so right. this man is walking up and coming up like hey i'm the coach basketball coach i'm seeing you playing come to tryouts come to da 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 no he's talking to us but this man literally from seventh grade up until the time i graduated high school this man instilled every ounce of everything about the game of basketball and life in general from the way we worked. Like I told people, we didn't have a, the summers off. Uh, yeah. We didn't have none of that. As soon as school was out. Oh, you had a week to, you know, to have fun, spend time with your family. After that, it was back to work. Like I tell people to this day, I remember our schedules Monday, Tuesday, weightlifting, Wednesday, Thursday, jump soles, track running, Friday, Saturday, open gym, running, Sunday tournaments. Like, that's what we did 24-7. Like, it was basketball. Literally, he began the development of his players from middle school up until high school. So by the time they got to ninth grade, they already knew his system. They already knew everything. So the development for um, for him came because as a kid at that time, all I knew was basketball as a hobby. Like, I loved it. It came naturally, so I was able to play like the dribbling mm-hmm. and handling the ball and shooting the ball. That thing, that type of stuff came naturally. But when it came to, okay, first rule of defense: always see the man in the ball. Help one, you could not support. Help two, you hear. Help three, you hear. Don't allow the man to cut behind. I started learning the actual real fundamentals: understanding IQ, understanding angles, understanding shooting off screens, coming off screens, understanding processing the defense and how it changes in the middle of games shift I began learning all of that underneath him <laughs> so by my 10th grade year it was just like light like the light went off and I just began to see everything I knew I had got to the point of where when I was in a game I didn't have to look over at him and be mm-hmm. like yo did they just shift into this my 10th grade year when they would shift and I could just go into the play because I know, okay, they switched from a zone to a boxing one or from a boxing one, not even a one, two, one, one. Okay. When I could recognize that automatically, I knew, okay, with yeah, your own eyes. starting to sink in mm-hmm. with my own eyes. That's, that's when I knew, okay, like, yeah, we here, we're here. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, 
just along with that, the fundamentals and the confidence. Um, like I tell people, I'm I'm short. Like I'm like midget size. I'm like five two. So <laughs> I was already at a disadvantage playing basketball because these girls are big. These girls are tall. I was already at a disadvantage. So with him, he told me that you little, you're quick, you can handle the ball. But hey, guess what? On that jump shot, to so it doesn't get blocked, you're gonna have to mm -hmm. elevate. You're gonna have to really elevate. He's like, you're gonna have to understand angles. He said, you're gonna have to understand getting into lane, getting here. You're gonna have to know how to use your body. So he was specifically catered drills to me and the other point guards, and even on um, the two guards, my, our best, my best friends that were for us that wasn't crazy big. He was specifically catered drills to us, and from that, you know, when practice is over. I was the kid standing in the gym shooting extra shots, shooting extra free throws. If I struggled with something all that week, I was the kid running the extra drills. He never left. He always stayed. Wow. He always stayed, and he would always just sit and watch. I would say, okay, yeah, that was good, but you need to do this. You need to do that. So, you know, by the time I got in the game from struggling or if I missed three shots, it was nothing for him to pull me to the side and be like, hey, wake up. You got this. You know, so, you know, you know, it was like that type of thing. But if it literally, if it wasn't for Coach Jackson, man, I never would. I never would have just been able to approach the game the way I approached it. Like I tell all my my players now, I don't care if you go over to Australia, if you go to Germany, wherever you is. The game of basketball is the same no matter where you go. You take that orange ball and the objective is to get it in the hoop. If you can hoop and beat people here in Texas, you can beat people in Australia because of the confidence that Coach Jackson instilled in me early on, mm -hmm. I felt like, yo, I don't care where I go. It's a basketball and a hoop. I'm going to beat you. Come over here. Period. You know, so, yeah, period. So, it was like, it was nothing to think about. So, yeah, coaches and the the confidence that they instill in their players, it's, it's so vital. It's so important. It can't just be the parents. It can't just be aunts and uncles. It's a different feeling when you have a coach that believes it's a different feeling. So, yeah, extremely important. And for him to even notice that in you, like, oh man, to even pull you to the side, it's it just feels good. Like you know, I mean, I never played the mm -hmm. sport. That's just it's just too much contact for me. But <laughs> you know, even like it's it's just anywhere your job. You mm -hmm. know, when they notice something changed, mm -hmm. just to pull you to the side. You okay? You know, it just feels good to notice like when something's off about you or you need to change something. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you hear the word basketball coach, what are three words that come to your mind? Oh, man. Three words that come to my mind. I think the one I would have to say patience, okay, understanding, and wisdom. Ooh, patience. Uh, those are probably the three ones. Um, patience. You have to have patience because as a coach, you learn early on every kid is not the same. What makes every kid move? What makes every kid tick? what motivates them. Mm -hmm. It's all different. Nothing is the same. The talent level may be similar, but nothing is the same. Um, so patience to, to be able to understand, okay, I'm working with Sabrina here. Sabrina on go. I ain't got to mm -hmm. tell Sabrina now when she show up to the gym, she's ready to work. And then, okay, I got Jada here. Jada come in. Sometimes her energy's a little depleted. Sometimes she's down. So I know, hey, my energy got to be high. And I got to get her up to here. Once I got her up to here, she's going to do the rest. So, you know, it's just it's just taking it from there. You know, it's patience to knowing each kid is different. I say understanding because 
your your understanding for the game has to mm. be at a unique level in order to be a coach. Um, people often wonder why some of the greatest players make the worst coaches. Um, it's a reason. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a reason for that. Um, people wonder why God, Michael Jordan. It's, yeah, it's the reason why Michael Jordan wasn't going to be a coach. Michael Jordan would be a horrible coach. Nobody uh -huh. would ever want to play for Morgan Michael mm -mm. Jordan. Mm -mm. No, like, mm -mm. no, nobody would ever want to play play with him or play for him. No. I tell people, it's it's a reason for that. And the reason why is when you're so great at something and it comes naturally to you, you don't have that level of understanding to understand a kid who, I'm not as good as you. I don't have this natural talent. But this is all I love. This is all I know. This is all I want to do. So mm -hmm. as a coach, you have to be able to understand, okay, so-and-so has it. Her natural talent is here. I don't have to do anything. Like, literally, with some of my AAU players, it's it's so crazy. Um, Because my first AAU team, I had a player by the name of, we called her Duck, but her real name was Alexis Hightower. Um, so phenomenal athlete, phenomenal athlete. Went on to play at Alcorn State overseas for a little bit. And I would notice we would be in practice, and I'm like, hey, when Doug drops, you got to sag. You got to be here. Alexis, you got to be here. You got to cut it off because the minute she gets past Jasmine's shoulder, it's nothing you can do. Her athleticism going to take over. So I'm telling her, hey, you sag. You're here. You're help too. I'm telling you, don't even go over there. Forget that little girl in the corner. We ain't worried about her. This is who we worried about. you know. So mm -hmm. I'm telling her, hey, make sure you're here. So after sitting there watching, you know, and I, I filmed all the practices. In practice, I'm just like, I'm jumping up and down. I'm, going, I'm like, no, baby, it's easy. Sad, do this, do this. So when I went back and I watched the film, I'm, I begin laughing. I'm like, this poor baby has gotten fussed at in practice all day. When she literally was doing what I wanted her to do, Duck was just so athletically gifted. She was just beating her to the it's spot every time. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> I went back the next day and I had to apologize to Alexis because I'm like, baby, I am sorry. Coach looked at the film and I'm just be honest, it's nothing you can do, but that's okay. I understand that because it was nothing I could do with certain players. It didn't matter if I was in the correct spot. If I was here, she was still going to get the shot off. Mm -hmm. And, and there's just sometimes there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. Like I tell people, as a coach, you have to understand <laughs> the level of frustration. Say, for instance, when the other day when the Liberty were playing the Sun, <laughs> it's so funny watching Sandy Rondello's reactions when Alyssa Thomas and DeWanna Bonner were getting these buckets. As a coach, I'm watching her and I feel her agony because I'm just like, it's nothing they can do. Like, it's nothing you can do. <laughs> but, but the crazy thing about it is in pregame, as a coach, you know what I'm saying? She's like, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, I coached Dewana and we moved her to the floor. When you move her to the floor, floor there's nothing you can do. Nope. So if you know that, <laughs> you, yes. you literally know that. And yes. Alyssa Thomas, like, there's nothing you can do. At the, like, yes, it's not, yeah. There's nothing you can do. So her IQ is off the charts. Yeah. We, you already know that going into the game. There's nothing you can do. But... Mm -hmm. Moving on into the four, you, Sandy, you did that yourself. You did that and yourself. You knew that you couldn't do anything. So during the game, why are you acting surprised? You said it yourself. I was like, uh, it's just, man, watch it, just watching the game. I thought that game had pissed me off. 
because I was <laughs> sitting right there. <laughs> Watching so the game just as a coach, your level of understanding, you just have to understand that, hey, sometimes I'm going to have the perfect game plan and we still going to get our butts kicked because this kid just can't be messed with. She just can't be touched. So as a coach, you have to have that level of understanding to know, okay, so it's not my game plan. It's not my scouting report. It's not my players. They give it 110%. But sometimes you just come across a kid that's that dude or that girl. So it's just sometimes it's tough. And then I say wisdom because you have to understand with these young kids, um, their problems aren't our problems. You know, they don't have bills. They don't have the stresses, but they do have stresses that they go through. Um, kid, school is different than it was with us. You don't understand the um, level of frustration that they go, go through just from classes and then coming to practice and then dealing with whatever they're dealing with at home. And every home life is different. Every mm -hmm. kid doesn't have the loving parent. Some kids got a blue-collar parent that got to work two, three jobs just to make sure, hey, you can still play AAU or to make sure, hey, you get these basketball shoes that you want because you love this game so much. And then some kids, quite frankly, just got a parent as deaf. You know, that's just, hey, I'm present because this is my kid, but I don't care. I, so, you know, you have to have wisdom to know how to deal, you know, with, with each situation and, and just to know how to approach each kid and how to reach them, most important. Um, people understand coaching guys and coaching females is entirely different. Um, mm -hmm. With the guys, hey, a guy will just go. A lot of times a guy will just go. The athleticism is crazy. It's off the charts. You don't have to worry about it. But in order for a female to play hard for you and to, to reach heights that you want them to reach, they have to be able to trust you. If a female can't trust you, if she can't trust, she doesn't have trust in your ability, the game plan, if she feels, hey, you ain't got no confidence and no trust in me, I'm not going to be out here killing myself for you. No, but once a female trusts you and gets to the level of what they understand you and they know you have their best interest at heart, oh, it's, no, it's, not, it's, nothing, it's nothing the girls want to do for you. So, yeah, that's, that's why I say patience, understanding, and wisdom, probably the, the, the three that comes, that comes to mind. That's what's up. You hear that, guys? These coaches out here, you better pay attention because some coaches are seen in action. <laughs> I don't say the word, but you need some help. Okay? Um, speaking of trust, let's see if I can trust your judgment with this one. Okay. Top three basketball movies. Ooh, top three basketball movies? Oh, yep. man. This is, oh, this is tough. <laughs> this is tough. This is tough. Um, I, I'm going to be honest. It, it probably is, it's probably not everybody's cup of tea. Um, but my my top one is Love and Basketball. Um, okay, that's up there. I, I would say Love and Basketball. And it's not even because of the love story. It's the journey. You got mm. to see how it transitioned. The love early on uh, college and how it both took off for both of them. You got to see when Quincy's career got derailed because of everything that was going on with his father and then the bad choice that he made of entering the NBA because too of early. emotion too mm. early. Then you got to see, hey, in the beginning in college, you know, Monica got recruited by one team. She gets there. The expectation is already low. She feels like nobody wants her there because the other girl didn't come. So Monica's struggling and dealing. And then you see how. The injury to Sidra 
propels Monica's career, which she didn't even realize it at the time, into the next upper echelon status. She becomes the it girl at USC versus when she got there, Quincy was the guy. It's an afterthought. You saw how Quincy's ego came into the mix because once her career took off, it became kind of harder for him. And because of everything he was dealing with emotionally, it derailed him. And then you get to see Monica go off and play overseas before the NBA, I mean, the WNBA, before, you know, the league was here, she going off overseas. You got to see her life, what it was like being away from her family, her dealing with it, you know, and you got to see that love for the game decline. And then at the end, you got to see, boom, it was never really about anything else. It was about basketball, but my basketball, my love for basketball was also tied to this person who loved basketball. So I think just the the way they brought it all together okay. was just the way you, it, the it way was you like said that and the <laughs> breakdown found a new yeah. love for loving basketball. Okay, yeah, like so that, that's why I said that's my top one. But if I'm just saying if I take away the whole romantic aspect of it, my top three that I just love, period. One, I would have to say Coach Carter. I love every inch of Five Coach rounds. Carter. Just like <laughs> I loved every inch of Coach Carter, and it's probably because he reminded me so much of my high school and college coach, Coach Jennings <laughs> and Coach Jackson. But I love every inch of Coach Carter. Like I would suit up and play for that man. Like I loved every inch of right, it. Right? What they say before Steph, there was um, what's his name? Cruz. Cruz. Timo Cruz. <laughs> I, as a coach, I, I, I understand Coach Carter. I would have blew a gasket. And we got a wide open fast break, and Linda, you pull up Linda, and shoot, Linda. and you pull up and shoot a three when it's a wide open layup. I would, I would have blew a head gasket. So I understand, it, I understand what he's saying exactly. Okay, How many so he got? Man, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it was a method to the madness. Hey, it was a method to the madness. Okay, I so say Coach Carter's one, two, two is crazy. I'm going to say two is he got game. Ooh. I'm going to say two got game. And it's, it, it was right there for one, but, you know, I said two is he got game. And three, I got to see around the rim. Oh, you got some good ones there. So, so I got to see y'all. What's your top three? What's your top three? I'm going to have to go with Sunset Park. It's my favorite. Ooh, Sunset Park was a good one. I, I can't even movie. lie. <laughs> Sunset Park is my movie. Uh, Coach Carter and he got game, so you know okay. he's okay. right there. But Sunset Park is my, it's my, That's my movie. Good. In college, I used to watch that prop movie every single day. I have the DVD. <laughs> I have it purchased on Amazon Prime, and I still don't like. Everyone's like, "Can I use your DVD?" No, nope. no. They're like, "But you have it on Prime." I, okay, but I'm never gonna get my DVD back. And I, like, <laughs> no one even uses DVDs. I said, "But you want to use it." So, oh, no. so no, you're not getting my DVD back. And then the whole sunset pop, what time is yeah, it? Time to get live. And well, the fact that they like, right, yeah. took the time to teach her the game. Like, exactly. The way, that's what I really like about it. They they taught her the game and how she really invested in her players. Mm. And she didn't leave. And she was like, I'm coming back for, we're coming back for this title. And next we're going to kick so. their t- Yeah, it's going to kick their butt. Like, I would have played for her too. But the, the thing I love about Sunset Park the most was she ended up discovering that she was great at something she never even knew, considered, or thought about. She never knew what being a basketball coach was, what it consisted of, what it, <clears throat> but you begin to see just her growth. Um, I'm trying to think, what game was it when they were losing 
and she inserted what was his name terrence um what was terrence uh spaceman spaceman yeah when she in, like, when no, she inserted spaceman it's like no no don't do it and, and he, he have the line at the end. on his face and spaceman comes out there dennis rodman everybody grabbing rebounds and elbowing it hey it set them off but as a coach sometimes you have that's something you have to understand, like the psychology of the game. Okay, I got, uh, I don't want to say my teammate's name, but in high school, I had a teammate. It's all love. I love you, Manitra. Manitra was big, <laughs> a big head. Manitra was tall as hell. In my biggest dreams, I wanted Manitra's height. I just wanted God to bless me with her height and her, because I'm like, if I had Manitra's height with my ability, oh, y'all couldn't tell me nothing. It's a wrap. <laughs> And, no, that's right. Like, like yeah, it's a wrap. Like, it's, it's a wrap. It's over with. And but my nature was so timid. It just wasn't in her to to be extra aggressive and to snag the rebound and to fight through the contact and finish the layup. It wasn't in her. And so for the life of me, you ain't scared. Yeah, it, it, exactly. So at times, I know it drove my coach crazy, and <laughs> my entire always of my entire high school career up until like 10th grade and my trust me when I say this man knew basketball this man knew basketball um his daughter actually um Deanna Jackson uh former Chicago Sky uh that that was his daughter that Ron Jackson okay. was her dad you know so he this man knew basketball so for the life of me I couldn't understand why why is he still playing Manitra Manitra getting killed she stayed getting killed why is he playing her but at the time not realizing as a coach I, hey you can't teach six feet. You can't coach six feet. So he had to play her. She's six feet. We don't have anyone else aside. He had to play her. My, going into my junior year, I said, look, coach, I love you to death, but we winning this year. Like, we came close last year. We came close ninth grade year. We winning this year, and next year we're winning. He's like, okay, so what you want me to do? I said, okay, look, this is it. My knee train starting. You got to start, Keisha. Like, point blank, period. And my teammate Kedra, Kedra was shorter. She was about five eight. You know, she wasn't big, but she was uber aggressive. She was aggressive. She lived for the contact. She didn't care two, three people bumping me. Guess what? I'm finna take the contact and I'm finna end one on all of y'all. Like mm -hmm. she was aggressive. And we won my junior senior year because of that. She was undersized, but the aggression was crazy. So, like I tell people, I said I understand. You know somebody being undersized like okay yeah like i tell people all the time victoria saxton is undersized but guess what she's aggressive yes, the size she has. has nothing to do she's with it. it she's gonna grab she's gonna grab the rebound she's gonna so i'm like it's it's not always about confidence a lot of times it's just about being aggressive in the body but her being able to identify in sunset park that okay boom i gotta mm -hmm. get somebody in here that's gonna battle with this guy that's gonna beef with this guy and it it took the, the game to a whole just a face man being inserted it changed the entire outlook on the game. So as a coach, you have to realize game, that the energy, yeah, it changed everything, everything, the energy. Everything. And mm -hmm. yeah, like that, and that's important. Sometimes you on a team, you're gonna have a player who not gonna give you score and they're not gonna give you a ton, but they're gonna give you energy. And if you that's think if you think a, an energy player is not important, then obviously you're not a coach. I'm telling you, because energy is everything. Everything. It is everything that's like when Carrington comes in for the sun she just changes the she just changes it's like the minute she steps on the court everybody energy goes from here to here, to here. 
every time and it's just every like time. it's everything so like people are like oh she's only on the team because she's pretty no no that no. girl can hoop. hoop she can hoop i don't know what you game you i'm watching? like i don't know what game you're watching but she can hoop <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just she like cheyenne hoop. parker people are like i don't see what's the hype about cheyenne cheyenne's you a see beast. What season she's having this year man cheyenne's a beast cheyenne out there with nails on lashes and a full face of makeup and dropping 30 like, I'm like, are you beast, watching? That's like you know, <laughs> Canada this year, just to see her fall in love with the game again. Yes, it's been yes, again, something man. special to watch. Just to man. just to see, and you can literally see it. See it, yeah. See it. Like sometimes man. you can see when Oof. people are not happy, but you can literally yes. see, see her falling in love with in love with it all man. over again and to be a witness to that which i'll be able to see on sunday <laughs> i'm so jealous over jealous over jealous but, but just to man. see that is something as a fan is just like wow like you know and it's you you don't really i've never truly knew that 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 can happen mm-hmm. and more and more you constantly see that and the, the more i have this podcast and i can talk to athletes and coaches and play m- more players and just basketball heads like us it, it just mm-hmm. it's a real thing it's crazy um like i said jordan's story is just amazing to me i love jordan in college i, I just mm-hmm. i love her as a player jordan is a true point guard i can mm-hmm. tell just the way she sees the game the way she sees the floor and i love watching players like that because so to, in today's game, you don't you're, you're starting to lose a lot of the traditional point guards, especially with the NBA. This whole positionless basketball thing, it, it's taking away traditional point guards. Mm-hmm. And being able to see someone like Jordan that can just see the floor, that can penetrate, that's scrappy on defense, you know that I love every bit of it. It's literally like Jordan was tailor made to play for the Sparks. Um, even the just coach, what their organization, just like, the organization, history, to just now. from the history, from Tamika Johnson to Vic to all the point guards they had before, it's like she was tailor made to play for LA. Kurt's and a perfect I, fit for oh, Kurt, Kurt's a he's the perfect fit <laughs> for her. Like I couldn't have picked anyone better. When they announced that, I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I can do nothing but clap. I was upset a little bit. I'm like, damn. Might, might make it harder for the aces because the aces is not in the wings of my, my team so i'm like might make it harder for him but you know what it's all good but it's yeah good. jordan hey jordan was tailor made for la i'm so happy for jordan. so so happy for her i don't know but this playoff run <laughs> is getting a little spicy in the w so who, who you think's gonna be i mean we know but who's gonna be competing <laughs> for the championship honestly at this point i think it is hard to say we are not headed for an Aces and Liberty showdown. Um, a lot of people are changing their mind now. I, I, my dark horse, my dark horse coming in, and, and anyone that knows me that knows I talk sports all the time, my dark horse coming in was Connecticut. I thought Connecticut would be back. And I said, okay, if Seattle keeps Stewie, I said, I know they're losing Bird, but if they add another piece, okay, maybe they still have a chance. The minute... Stewie went to NY. I said, mm, I don't know if I'll put NY in this year because of chemistry. It takes time to develop chemistry. I don't know what happened to JJ after All Star, but she hey, I'm telling you, she's been wild. Like before All Star, I thought they had put somebody else in JJ's body. I couldn't understand what was going on with JJ. She just wasn't herself. But after All Star, it's like that light went off. And now, boom, it's just a wrap. I mean, 
as an opposing team, what can you do? When Sabrina is dropping 19 or 20, Stewie is dropping 25 or 30, and then you got JJ who's going to give 20 and 11. What can you do? <laughs> like, it's not much you can do. But um, if I had to pick right now, I say it's I say it's hard. It's hard. If I had um, to pick right the second, it would be too hard. It's, it's too hard. It would be hard. Yeah, I think it's too hard. I, like I said, I want to say Aces and Liberty, but then I'm like, dang, the Wings are talented enough to creep in there as well. Um, I'm waiting on the Wings to just wake up. And I, I wish I had the resources to sit down with the coach because I'm so invested in the Wings. I write entire scouting reports on the team they about to play. I am that invested into the Dallas Wings. The reason why I'm so invested in the Wings is my my favorite player growing up WNBA was Deanna Tweedy Nolan for the Detroit Shop. I, Deanna Tweedy Nolan is the reason why I fell in love just with the grittiness, the griminess, the physicality mm. of the game, just everything. I love Deanna Tweedy Nolan. So when the shot disbanded and they turned it into the Tulsa Shop, mm-hmm. and then from the Tulsa Shop, you know, went to the wing. I was like, wait a minute, what? So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna follow. I'm just gonna follow. And so mm-hmm. I followed and stayed. And so, like I said, I became invested in the wings. I'm just waiting on the wings to wake up and realize who they are. Um, I know they're. I know they have to know that they're talented enough. I don't, and they're buying into the culture. But it's like they have moments in the game where they just have a lapse and they forget. Oh, we're this talented. Oh, what's going on with Natasha Howard over these past past few games? These past few few games, yeah, it's like I don't know. It's like Tasha's kind of checked out. Um, it, and we don't know players personally wise, so you right. know it's hard for us to say, oh, okay, this is going on, that's going on. But she's most definitely a, a different player. She's not locked in like she was in, in the beginning, and that's why I, that's why I said I don't see them this year. But I think the next couple of years they could make some noise. But um, like I said, my Tatu and Enrique, it, oh, whoo, when a, it, and the thing is that I love about Enrique that I can't deny is Enrique is the same player when her shot is falling and when it's not falling. Yes, she is. And yes, I like she it, she's gonna shoot the ball with confidence every single every time. time. I get as a coach sometimes it drives you crazy, but I can't ask for anything more. But because that's what you want. So, that's what you want. It's that's so what you hard. Want. To coach a player and motivate a player who, when they shot, is falling. Oh, yeah, high energy up here. We good. And the minute the game is not going good, you don't want to play defense. You don't want to rebound. You don't want to do anything. That's what happens with Connecticut. (laughs) That's what happens because they let their defense dictate their offense. They take their offense. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's what makes me so mad. It's like, it doesn't matter. Be, play Mm -hmm. your game. Every, every possession, every possession, every possession, mm-hmm. every possession. and I don't, I don't just you know, <laughs> just and the only reason I always refer to him, and everyone goes, Oh, why? Why? Because you, you're not even from Connecticut. I said, Honestly, I'm an NBA fan, you know, I yeah, fell in love exactly. with the game from NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, my brother, he was my first basketball player I loved, but my first WNBA game was at Connecticut. That's Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Whatever team you see first, that's usually oh the yeah, team that's that you, the team that becomes your team. team. Yeah, and that's the my team that I've seen, and that's the team yeah. I cover. That that's my squad, and mm-hmm. to, I literally get to witness what Alyssa Thomas does. So that's that's, that's different to see yes. that. That's absolutely a, like for a basketball fan, that is just absolutely amazing. So, but yes. what you said about Enrique to get that play who does it every possession, no matter if she's hot or not, she mm-hmm. scores. Eight and still get 
everything she gives you, every single game, every possession, that's what I love about him. And I think that comes from Notre Dame, from mm-hmm. McGraw, because Enrique along with Skyler, it's just mm. like, it, you can say the same about the UConn players. They come into the league and they just have an understanding. Enrique and Skyler, those players from Notre Dame, they have the understanding of, it doesn't matter. This is still a game. I still got a hoop. I still got to play. And Enrique and Skyler, they both understand. And it's so, I tell players all the time as a coach, I understand your shot may not be falling, but you're in the game because of the simple fact that they know you're still a threat. If you are not attacking and not playing and don't have that mindset of it, they're going to get you over there. I'm like, and I have you out here because I know you still have the capability to do that. Enrique understands, I don't care if I miss 10. Guess what? The next five go in, I'm five for the last 10. So I'm at 50%. So Because once that one goes in. Yes, once it. that one goes in, it's a wrap. Forget it's it. a wrap. And, that, and that's what I love about it. She stayed locked in. She stays in that mindset. But like I said, again, I think that comes from, from coaching. The minute Connecticut understands that shift and that balance, I think Connecticut will win. Because I'm still blown away they didn't win last year. Like I tell people, Vegas was, yeah, Vegas was by far the more superior talented team. But I, I thought Connecticut last big. year. I really did. It was Hamby and uh, Auntie. What's her name? And I always forget it. I don't want uh, to bring up her issues that she got going on right now. Auntie. Um. She had the back surgery. It was Hamby. It's not Kia because Kia's still with them. I know who you're talking about. She comes about. off the, the bench. Uh, why do I always forget? Her I cannot name. think of her name right now. But anyway, she's going through some issues with the legal system. We don't want to mm-hmm. bring that up. But her, ah, she, okay. if yes. it wasn't for Hamby and her in the finals last Man. year, I don't it, know what would have happened. Her name is on the tip of my tongue. When she hit those threes, those pivotal threes in that big moment, oh my God. I'm not it was that, her coming out I'm party. Saying, right. I didn't say, you know, can't Asia Wilson menace. Chelsea Gray, point God. Kelsey yeah, point Plum, God. Plum dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not worried. We can't take away what they do, and I would never do that because their game is mm-hmm. fire. It's crazy. This game but, is fire. Alyssa had triple doubles in the finals. Back to back ones, and mm. if Hamby and oh, still can't remember what is her name. It's, 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 <laughs> we're you know what? Like, all these players, and we're just drawing blanks right now. I, and it's but, irritating me because I know her name, and I cannot think Rick, of it. Rick, Rick, right, Rakana, Williams, Rakana Williams, right? Rakana okay. Williams. That's what it was. Okay, but like yeah, it. but if she, if they didn't come and do what they did, because Hamby had some great blocks. Towards the uh, mm-hmm. towards the yes. end, and she came and yes. hit those pivotal threes, back to back ones, mm-hmm. and it's like you never know who comes in the game and just is ready. You never it know. changed the it's in those games and when that, and Hamby they, got those blocks and she, and hit she those got shots. those three energy just shifted. Yes, it was pivotal moments because the Suns was winning those battles. I think the physicality of Connecticut was beginning to weigh Las Vegas down, and that's what happens. Their physicality just weighs them down on the defensive end. But every time Hamby would get a blocker, Raquano would hit a three, it would just be like, Chelsea would be like, okay, boom, let's go. Asia it would find another gear. It would just it be depleted, depleted the, the energy. Like, 
Yes. We got to go back and fight, live for another mm -hmm. um, a possession. Yep. And then yep. Chelsea would just get another great pass to the I'm someone else. You. Yeah. So it was just uh, the fact that they keep grinding when everybody keeps counting them out. Them is out. just. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm mad the sky is just not, you know, <laughs> the way they're supposed to do, but you know, but I think and as you know, as a coach, coaches kind of have an unwritten code. Well, you know, you don't talk too bad about other coaches, you don't speak bad about other coaches. I don't know James Wade personally, but I just want to let him know, Coach Wade, what you did to the sky was wrong. I'm was not wrong. a coach, and if I we, would tell man, you, you is wrong. If we were on the streets and I saw you, I ain't even got to be for Chicago. I would want to dust you off for the Chicagoans, man, because what you did to this guy was wrong. You gave Dude. away the pick, man. You gave away the picks. And you left. I'm like, and you left. Like, you brought in Mabry, and honestly, when they brought in Courtney Williams, and they brought in Mabry, and then they brought in um, uh, Liz, I was like, Okay, this this could work. They still have Kaycop. He still has Dana Evans. He still has Rebecca. He has pieces. If he and I like that. Yeah, this could work. Smith, is it? Yeah, yeah. I like her. I'm like, yeah, I like her too. I'm like, this could work. When he up and left, I just I was like, wow, wow. And they weren't bad. They were still grinding. They were still fighting. They were still up he there. He was winning it's his like, coaches challenges. Winning his coaches challenges. Yeah. Okay, he's invested. Yeah. And then when he, he left, is you could see the energy shift in those women. And I'm just like, to do that to you, I don't care if it was the organization that came to him. As a coach, I'm standing up and I'm saying, okay, you're saying this is the last year, but give me Please. until the end of this, this year. year. Let I'm me not leaving these women in the middle of these years. Season. Yes. I'm yes. not doing it, that. It I just, got that. I'm going to hold, I mean, we don't know what happened. You know, we, we mm -hmm. really don't. Yeah. But it's like, I tell people all the time, I, I'm not going to start. So if you guys felt that way, you shouldn't have me, have me start the season. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Intermediate so. coach or do something until like mm -hmm. part ways in the beginning of the season. Not that. Yeah. Because it's just, what does that show the, the team? Team. Mm -hmm. I think the, the front office didn't understand it, but when, they allowed him to walk away, smack it out in the middle of that season with no plan, no guidance, no nothing after that. You were telling those women, we're giving up. We understand we're not the same team we were yesterday. Yeah, we retooled, but guess what? This year is not going to be our year. We're giving up. It's okay. He can leave. We don't care about the season. And the minute you send that message in the locker room, it doesn't matter what coach comes in there afterwards. They could have brought in freaking pat someone out the grave they could have brought in gary blair they could have brought in van chancellor they could have brought went to south carolina and brought in don staley no coach was going to be able to shift that team to mindset because of what that organization had done so it just man i i i hate to see that happen to chicago anyone. because to, to, to anyone really to any team yes, especially when team. the league is fighting for expansion when the league is mm -hmm. fighting for Mm -hmm. just for people to continue to invest in us and then it's like well their own their own one of their own cities are not even investing in their own but i'm glad you know Dwayne wade came and um exactly. you know bought you know as part well i don't know if he's as part a minority part, part owner, owner. Mm -hmm. that yeah. you know it i felt like it took away some of the backlash that people were speaking about mm -hmm. the w you know the, the w Mm -hmm. um that they already get but it's just 
it's just put action around words of people speaking about all oh, watch mm-hmm. the W, mm-hmm. tune into the W, but they just put words, action around words that you mm-hmm. know NBA says. But we'll see. I hope it grows more. You know, um, speaking of you know that, how do you feel about the whole expansion talk? Do you feel like expansion more or roster more? I feel like my professional opinion as a coach, expansion, no, not now, not now. Um, I think the sport is continuing to grow, that it is. Um, I'm going to go on a little mini rant here, but I promise it's going to come back around. Uh, to you idiots who say nobody watches the WNBA, I want you to go and check the numbers. Actually do your research and look at viewership in the past, in the past three years. Look at the way it's expanded. Look at the way it's grown. The the current media marketing and TV deals that the WNBA has, when this new renegotiation comes around, it's going to be so much better because the numbers that they're going off now are old numbers. It does not reflect the way that the sport has grown. And that's what I try to tell people. It's like you can't bargain with something that they're already in a contract with. Exactly. They're they're, in a contract. They can't do anything. They're in a current contract. They can't do anything anything. else. So I'm like, the contract that they're currently in is based off old numbers. The minute they look at the new projections, see the new numbers, see the way the ticket sales are are going, like, hey, a lot of things are going to change. I think roster expansion is where they need to start at. Right now, they're at, what, 10 roster spots? As a coach, do you know how hard it is to pick 10 people you're going to run with? And what kills me are the hardship contracts and the seven-day contract. You're going to go and have a woman uproot her life if she's playing overseas or whatever for a seven-day contract. And then you'll waive her, send her back, and then you may call her back for another seven-day. That's crazy. I think they need to get up to at least, at least, 13 roster spots for each team. 13 roster spots for each team. Absolutely. Do that. Get up to 13 roster spots for each team. Do that. Okay, then you have, okay, other affiliations such as, hey, guess what? We got the Athletes Unlimited League. Each each team should have an affiliation with another league. You see the Warriors. They have the Santa Cruz Warriors. You see the Lakers. They, it's kind of like a G League thing. Affiliate with these other programs, these other teams. Mm-hmm. And guess what? When you have, you can have those teams, you know, playing underneath your umbrella. So guess what? When you have injuries, there's nothing for you to call up a player from that squad and have a plate. But the, the expansion of, oh, I want a team here and I want a team back here, that's going to take a while. That's going to take a while. Yes, it's in the making, but it's going to take a while. Right now, mm-hmm. they need to focus on roster expansion. It's way, it's way too many talented players to to, to not, have, not have a job. Seeing I agree Alexis, with you. Seeing Alexis Morris waved and cut, that weighed on my heart. Like, that just hit me. Because I'm like, the way she, you know, clawed and clawed and stuck with it and fought. And I don't care what nobody say. LSU would not have won that championship without Alexis Morris. Yes, I get CC was the talk of the tournament, and rightfully so. CC's amazing. She's an amazing talent. But what Alexis Morris did to CC down the stretch... That's a bad little mama. Like, <laughs> I don't think people her understand. Her story. Her own story. Man, watching Alexis Morris D C up and claw the hand clapping, the re- the way she fought. If I'm an, a GM or an owner of a WNBA team, I'm saying I want her. 
I want her because that you can't teach. You can't teach. I'm a dog. You can't teach. You that. can't. You can't. You can't teach. <laughs> I'm a dog. And and just even you know at media day passed because she got drafted mm-hmm. to Connecticut Sun. So I had media mm-hmm. day. They said media was swarming. Swarming. Yes. Yes. That's what you ultimately want. Uh, yes, the exposure that she brought to. I'm just like, man, the marketing, the exposure. I'm like, come on, come on. It was the same thing with Indiana. I got so irritated when Indiana waved Kenny because I'm like, you have Aaliyah Boston now. The chemistry. I don't care. Aaliyah Boston is your franchise player. Indiana, if y'all see this podcast, which I hope y'all watch, watch Sports right. to see, please watch it. Aaliyah Boston is your franchise player. Okay? I love Tiffany. I do. She's not your franchise player. Aaliyah Boston is your franchise player. You had Destiny Henderson, her college teammate for four years. She played with her. She know where she wants the ball. She know where she, she wants to be set up. She won a championship with her. She won a championship with her. You drafted Victoria Saxton. Who won a championship you with her. You won a championship with her. You have three of the key pieces from South Carolina. You had the perfect transition into your next wave. And you allowed your starting point guard to walk out of the door for whatever it may be. We didn't have enough roster spots. That should not happen. That should not happen. That should have not it should happened. Have. That should you have should not happened. It should not have happened. You should not have. Even when she went to the Sparks, I was like, Sparks! You, it, slept, you slept her. Y'all just let her leave? Destiny, and I get people saying, oh, well, she was only averaging five points per game. It doesn't matter. You weren't watching those games. You Did you see the way they got up? You wasn't paying attention. The way they got up and down the floor, the way she hit on the assist, the energy level, Destiny Henderson should be on a team. Alexis Morris should be on a team. Like, But if you had G Leagues. Exactly. Where they were. And they were and affiliated. And you want them to get the fundamentals that you want them to you have. want them to have. Or mm-hmm. the, you know, the work that you want them to have. Man. Then they, so if someone else gets hurt, They'll already be there. They'll already be yes. getting the work that you want them to yes. have. You know, the style of play that they're or that the your system that you want them to have. Yes. So when it's time yes. to bring them on up, they already exactly. have the system. They already know the style of play that you guys play in. Yep. And it, it would be an easy fit because now it's, it's like all these seven days contracts. Mm-hmm. It's like, what does it do? Because they still have to learn Sti- your system. Exactly. They still your need system. to get a contract in. With this days, long right. si- they still need to get a practice in. With this long, mm-hmm. longer um, season, travel, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. How do they, it, just, it doesn't even give them an opportunity to even show you guys. Exactly. It literally makes work. No sense. The, one of the thing that irritates and frustrates me the most as a coach, mm-hmm. most importantly as a fan, a true WNBA fan, like I love the WNBA. I love it. Is when you have a player of Angel Reese's caliber, when Angel Reese comes into the league, she's going to bring an entirely different audience with her. When you have players like Angel Reese, players like CeCe, and players like Claude Johnson saying, Paige I'm Beckers. Cool. Paige Beckers. When Cameron Brink, when you got these phenomenal players that need to be in the league because they're going to help with marketing exposure. Their game is on a level. And furthermore, they deserve to be there because they're the best of the best. When you have them saying, I'm cool at LSU. I'm cool at Stanford. I'm cool in Iowa. Like, come on, it's Iowa. All up to Iowa. But come right. on. She, she's saying, I would rather stay here in Iowa 
can go to the WNBA because I'm making enough money in IL. I'm cool where I'm at. That That should not happen. That should not happen. Because the dream is ultimately exactly the dream is ultimately to play in the WNBA. Exactly. That's yeah. That's the upper echelon. So when you have these players coming and saying, "I'm cool with not going to the W right now," that should do something. I don't understand how that doesn't infuriate the the president of the league. As fans, it infuriates me because yes, because we're ready to see them at that level. And and as a another thing that gets me is like. As a fan, as a person that does, you know, freelance media in the W, all the people that cover you is good. Mm-hmm. Not just the big people. Mm-hmm. And that's what drives yep. me insane the Same. most. Mm-hmm. Because even the small, you know, the small reporters, the small jer- yep. journalists, the smaller companies, the smaller people. Mm-hmm. They cover the W too, and they can do a better job covering the W. Exactly. All storytellers, some are better than others. Some have yep. a different style of doing things. Doing things, yeah. Some are just connect better with people than who you have at the forefront doing it for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys have to see that some marketing that you guys do sucks. <laughs> so yes. you guys have to accept all the people that want to. Put your business out there. Put the W yep. out there. Yeah, most definitely. There's a, I, most there's a, there's so much more that can happen for the W. I just feel like the do, do they want to accept it? Yeah. So. But before we go, I need your top four. Your well, you know the goat conversation. You know the top Ooh, four goat conversation. Yes, for the mm. W. For the W. Yeah, <laughs> man, man. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to leave biases out of it. Um, and I'm I'm gonna try to go point guard, shooting guard, small forward, and a far. Um, yeah, okay, you're Okay, I'm gonna say point guard if I have to go point guard. Oh man. Like I told you, my my personal favorites growing up, my personal point guard favorites growing up were Ruby Bolton, Kim Perot, and Tamika Johnson. I love them. Uh, but uh, it's going to be hard. If I got to say GOAT, PG, um, I'll go with another one of my all-time favorites. I have to say Don Staley. Okay. Um, For my two – it's so tough. It's so so tough. So so tough. Um, for my two, I'm gonna have to say, oh man, it's this this is so tough. Thank you, put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> I I think I'm gonna have to go. I think I'm gonna have to go DT. I have to go Diana Taurasi. Um, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard not to. Ten thousand points. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. Ten thousand <laughs> points is. is that's tough. Plus, I guess I remember DT in those days with Kathy Pondexter in those DT in her prime days. Prime you days. couldn't Ooh. stop that DT. It she didn't matter what that. she said. It's you so played, different. What, what age? It didn't matter what angle you were at. If Diana Taurasi wanted to get the ball in the basket, she was, was going to get in the in basket. The basket. Mm-hmm. Like you, you just couldn't do anything with it. Um, it, man, in DT's prime days, it came down to we have DT and you don't. 
Um, it was just that simple. <laughs> so yeah, I gotta go say BT at the two. Um, the three. Oh man. My three. Can I get five? And I you four? can get five. Can I get five? You can okay, get five. I knew about okay. All right, and my three. Oof, it's so 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 uh my three. And I know it was short. I know it was short. It didn't have any longevity to it. But Maya Moore was the oh, she's in my... Maya Moore, Maya Moore was the greatest. She is great. I had ever... It just, man. I, I'm, man, I'm so blessed that we got to see her for the small amount of time that we did. But I know I miss the, her. And then she, I know, know, she retired. I was like, why? Now she retired. But the other part of me... And it's crazy because as a fan, as like a diehard Maya Moore fan, I was still holding on to that little point. Well, hope that she's going to come back, right? Maybe one day come back, give us a little something and dip back out and then okay. it could be done. After she have her baby, maybe she'll get herself back right and come back and give us a, a year. I, like Just one year. I, that was all man, I was hoping. <laughs> I was so ready to write Jonathan myself and be like, Jonathan, we're not going to keep your wife. I promise we're going to give just her a year. We're gonna give Just it back. one year, please. We just need no, just like, for one year to show man. these people what back to back is. <laughs> I'm telling you. my <laughs> Man, my more just chick. Maya takes the cake. So I got to say Maya at three. Um, four. Oh man, so 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 tough. So 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 freaking tough. But I couldn't, I couldn't make a top five and not put Cheryl Miller. Um, I, I just, I couldn't. I know she didn't play in the W. Yeah, but so if it's you like we're, if you don't, if you don't include Cheryl Miller, in, like I mean, you know she wasn't on, in man. it, but she was in it. So. Yeah, you know she wasn't in it. She <laughs> was in it. Like there would be no WNBA without Cheryl Miller. Cheryl Miller was whooping Reggie before that. Reggie was Reggie. She was dropping dimes on NBA players. So I mean, come on, you got it, Cheryl. Seriously, <laughs> you have to. Um, and I said at the four, man, and then I I say Cheryl and my five. Um, to go for a center, I just I can't not do Lisa Leslie. Um, Lisa Leslie revolutionized like man Lisa Leslie brought a whole other game I, I I think I was just watching for the, the first time the other day I saw Uncle Drew I don't know why I hadn't seen Uncle Drew but I saw Uncle Drew for the first time and Lisa was playing Betty Lou uh, who was Preacher's wife and she was still you can see in the shots her footwork was still crazy so it's just like I can't imagine seeing Lisa in her prom. I wish I was I just able to like actually see to it, not see it, and watch be it. there, not yeah, just right. watch, watch it. it on like old, <laughs> like you know. I'm just like, I remember the day that Michael Cooper and the Sparks announced they were drafting Candace Parker. I literally looked at the TV and I looked at my grandfather and I said, "He has Candace Parker and Lisa Leslie." If he does not win the WBA championship, he should never be allowed to coach again. Because it was just like <laughs> Candace was Candace in her prime prime. Lisa was still in her prime, but towards the end of it, I'm just like, it's unstoppable. That pick and roll is nothing you yeah, can do with. Yeah, when Candace, well, just thinking Man. about that in her prime, oh, ooh. <sighs> mm. and it's, it's so hard not to include Candace, because Candace is another one of my all-time favorites. Uh, yes. I think when, man, I think when we argue GOAT conversation period, it's hard not to put Candace up there. I told everybody if Candace had won um the championship the la her last year with the sky, I told everybody if she wins this championship, it's gonna be hard not to put her in the greatest of all time conversation. It, she's already in it. She's, she's just, already in it. She man, 
just when she just went back home and won. It was just like, oh my God. It's like, literally. Like, and it's crazy because no, nobody was really concerned about the sky if you weren't like a real W fan. Just At her all. announcing, just her announcing, I'm going back to Chicago. They had people that hadn't came to a WNBA game since 97, the inaugural season. They were showing up like, oh my God, I want Candace's jersey. Oh my God, oh my God. It's it's just like, it's, it's crazy. It's going to be a sad day when CP3 hangs up those sneakers. It's going to be a sad day. But, and yeah. And DT. Man. It's going to be an emotional roller coaster. Like I tell people, you don't understand what it's like to get to witness greatness until greatness leaves. People never understood. And that's why I, I don't, I tell people all the time, I don't care about the Jordan LeBron debate. Just shut up and just get, just Take in the it's fact a, that you get to witness LeBron 20 years. You are gone, you're never going to see it again. Exactly. You're not going to see it. The Nobody minute what this man is gone, you're never going to see that again. You never understood what Kobe meant to the game until Kobe left. Not even until he, not, not even until he, he passed here. away. Thank not you. even when he was here. When he passed away, yes, like I told people, I was distraught when he passed away. He was one of my favorite players growing up. But when he retired, it was so hard to watch the Lakers. It's just was, like I told people, it was just so different. It, it was, was just, it was very different watching the Lakers. I'm I was never a Kobe fan, but I'm a mm-hmm. basketball fan. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when he retired, you're like, what? Like there's yep. no Mamba mentality, no more. No Mamba mentality, like, no more. What? Like. Cole's not playing, and then Point. when he passed, it's like y- you cried because cried. it's like yes, Cole, like what, like, like are you serious, just, like you no couldn't, way. like are you, you couldn't, like huh? And everyone's like, you don't even like him. I said, but I love basketball. There's, basketball, there's a difference. What he meant to the to game bas- of basketball. Game. That, that's where they're they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. I said, so you have to understand when you love the game. And what mm-hmm. it does for me mentally, Tully, yep. it's different. I said, because I could be having yep. the worst day and worst I put out day. anything that basketball, basketball about, I'm good. I'm good. I'm telling I'm, you, I'm, man. I'm fine. None, no problem exists I'm in that moment. You. So, yes. They'll be, they'll, they better start appreciating greatness. Man, because... It's just like, like I'm telling people, the minute, the minute LeBron leaves sport, like I tell people, <laughs> the NBA, it's going to be a sad day. It's gonna be I'm like crying. I told him. I said, I don't care who you I'm favor. I'm favor. I don't player. care if you. Yes, I, said, I don't care if you favor Michael over LeBron or if you favor Kobe over LeBron. It doesn't matter. Like I told people, when LeBron leaves, that's literally gonna be the end of an era. Literally, I'm like, I don't think people understand this man has dominated the league decades, right? for two decades. Like I tell people, do you not understand two. how hard it was to do- how hard it is to dominate? at any level for a year for a year is hard like i tell people that's why you don't see too many teams win back to back it's hard it's hard to win one let alone to go back to back lebron has dominated the nba for two decades for over two decades like i tell people i believe lebron has about or we have about i say three more years to really witness him be him if that because, that, because and the I, news with his son, who knows, it might change. Yeah, that. exactly. And that's what I'm saying. With, with it, we knew for sure that we had up until Bronny came. We knew for sure we had up until Bronny came, the year Bronny played, 
And then maybe with Bryce being on the come up, he maybe would have got to still witness it with Bryce. Now that all this has happened with Bronny, that may shift, that may change. He may, you know, like, okay, no way, it's time to hang it up. It was already talks. People were saying, oh, he's not going to retire. He just wants to take, you know, the um the attention off of the fact that he didn't play well in the final. The man was still averaging 28 and seven. And he shouldn't even been. That should have been AD. Exactly. And that should have been AD averaging that. So I'm sitting up here like, what? come on, whatever, watch. Skip Bayless, I love, I used to love Shannon and like Skip and Shannon, but Skip, come on now. You watch them, you ain't never played. He is the best. Like, come on, Skip. Like, at the end of the day, <laughs> my thing is like, if you're going to get up there and talk, be for real, for real. Like, come like, on, be man. For real. Be for real. Like, come on. The, the, the man is great. The man's an all-time great. But when he leaves the sport, that that's going to be a sad day. Like, I will cry that day. I'm not going to even lie. Oh, like, I, I am. People, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cry. That's literally, it's going to be the, it's going to be the end of an era. Like, it's literally going like, to be no, the end bro, of an bro. era. Who am I going to go watch now? <laughs> you know, who am I going to go so see? Because I'm definitely not. And once Jalen Brown, if you leave the Celtics, I'll go see you. I'm not Celtics. Hey, fan. so wait a minute. You're not a Celtics fan? No. Okay, so we got to end this call. It was lovely, but I'm a Celtics fan. I can't do that. Sorry, Paul Pass done ruined it for me. No, but my my grand my grandfather's a diehard Celtics fan, so I grew up knowing the greatness of Bill Russell, knowing the greatness of Kevin McHale, knowing the greatness of Robert Parrish, Dennis Johnson, all those guys. Those so, are great, you know? So, yeah, uh, so Paul it was impossible Pierce for me not to. Ruined it. I will never take away what the thing said. And then I met Paul Pierce. And then he ruined Oh, man. He ruined it. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. me being a little kid at basketball camp trying to become a basketball player. Basketball player. Ruined it for me. And then I just, you know, and it's just like, you know, no, I'm not a Celtics fan. And then no, I wish they would no. separate Jason and Jalen because it's just not working. <laughs> we can't get on that. We'll have to talk about that off the air because I'm going to an entirely different rant about the Celtics. Okay. Don't get me on the Celtics and the Wings. That's going to be an entirely different rant. <laughs> oh, uh, we don't have to get you on the blood pressure. On Monday yes. Because, my blood pressure is going to from here NBA. to here if we get to talking about the Celtics. I am going to blow a, a few. So let's just not even go there. <laughs> I'm so distraught over it. But well, at least we agree. But no. Yeah. <laughs> That's a man, but she's oh, she's but uh, no, nah, this has been so much fun. This has been a ton of fun. Um, my mom, my fiance, and my sister they laugh all the time. Like, just need somebody you can talk sports with because they don't even they don't follow it, they don't like it. They don't wait. Like, my fiance can't even tell you when they even scored a touchdown, really, like, unless <laughs> she hear the, the band playing the alma mater, so, so she won't know. So, man, just being able to sit and, like, talk sports and especially to talk sports with people who know sports. I can't talk sports with idiots. I can't. I hate it. I can't discuss the WNBA with idiots because you're going to talk nonsense and stupidity and it's going to irritate me and frustrate me. I can't discuss NBA with idiots. It's just like, no. If you don't know basketball at a level, you don't have to have coach knowledge. But just to understand it, to know it, to follow it. I'm like, being able to talk and discuss it, it's a it's a different level. It's a different love. And like so I said, I'm fun. a total. Yeah, I'm a we total. Could go for hours. I, could, I could go for hours talking sports. Like, hey, it yes. doesn't matter where you want to go. You want to go back to 
the 1960s, the 70s. You want to discuss Dr. J, oh, you want to discuss Kareem Reddick, we can do it all. You have to come on the live show because <laughs> one of the bros, he goes back to like 70s and I'm 70s. Like, hold on, oh, I, gotta, man. I gotta research this. I don't know that far. Like, hold on, I gotta get my skills up to date. Hold up, hold up. Oh, Let man. me write these names. I even and then you know, even when they do that, I'm so in love with that. I write it down, go see who these yes. are, try to catch some film. Yes. Just to know my knowledge. You yes. Know, there's always something you man. can learn, you know. Man. So I definitely gotta get you um back on and have you come on the live show on Monday because oh yeah, definitely got to schedule so that up fun. because so we fun. come back September 11th, so we'll have to, we're live on Monday, okay. Okay. work out a schedule to get you come back on because we do everything, Um, but we'll send you the topics before because um, oh, we do everything sure. hot sure. topics, um, especially with, you know, new season comeback and gotcha. coming back on, the trades that happen, so for absolutely, sure. oh, but yeah, it was a we, pleasure. Yes, we love that, up so with much you. fun. Um, so thank much you fun. for coming on Let's Talk Sports and Entertainment with C. All right, thank you. So, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, for the love of the game conversation with Coach Gibbs as much as I did. Because next week, your girl is coming back with the fire episode with the author of Flame. So if you haven't purchased the book yet by Shanice Hall, make sure you go cop that book right now. But until then, C's out.